The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 27th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I'm really excited today to break this entire 14-game slate down with you. Uh, biggest slate of the year. We have all but two teams playing on this Thanksgiving uh, Eve prior to Thanksgiving, and uh, I am going to be tackling this just with you, one-on-one here. Coach, with each of you, working through this uh, interesting slate, trying to come up with uh, some winning lineups, which we will. There are some fantastic contests in the industry on several of the sites uh, tonight. Um, definitely jump on those. You may want to get into some of them uh, earlier than normal. I think some of the good contests may fill. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to get shut out on those. And uh, in case you don't know, there's the NBA is dark on Thanksgiving, so there will not be any games whatsoever uh, tomorrow. Friday is another huge slate, 13 games. So, you want to get those contests in today uh, and uh, get yourself dialed up for some some really good basketball. There's some extremely interesting contests tonight, and uh, you know, as always, it's going to be very important to listen to uh, the news after the podcast. Here, I am doing it same day. It is Wednesday morning. I wanted uh, to wait till today. Uh, to get this one on here so we could get the game lines uh, a little bit more in depth with it and get a couple of the changes that are already going to be set in stone. Uh, I do expect more changes will uh, pop up throughout the day. Um, Please continue to monitor that on Twitter, uh, at Hoopball Fantasy. That's where all of our blurbs and information will be going up from Miles and Andy and our Hoopball team. Also, uh, check me out on Twitter. Again, I'll be on there all day up until lock. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can also keep an eye out for my other DFS compadres. You've got at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A, at Language Olympic, that is Andrews, and Miles is at Miles6565. So between all of us, we will be putting any information up uh, that we see throughout the day. And, uh, the, you know, you got to make sure you check on those. You know, one, one example I'll give you is the Clippers, as of right now, uh, do not have anybody listed as resting. And they played the Mavericks last night, beat the heck out of them. But they're playing in Memphis, so they're traveling. They played at Dallas. They have a travel game, a back-to-back. So, you know, the fact that Kawhi and George, there hasn't been any announcement on either one, um, you know, that's the perfect thing you got to watch because I'd be very surprised if those two guys both play. Uh, I think one or both of them will sit in that game. So keep an eye out throughout the day. I mean, that's the key factor. Remember, this whole process of really getting this down is, One, you want to listen to the podcast, go through everything uh, with us in the morning like this, start, you know, getting a lineup together, an idea of what what your build's going to look like, determine what contests and sites you're playing on, put in some dummy lineups there to reserve your spots so you get the correct games that you want to play. You know, don't forget to bankroll, no more than 10% approximately of your whole bankroll on any given night. And get in the games that you feel comfortable with. You know, if there's a few people out there that listen that have texted me that are mass entry, 150 uh, lineup guys, do that. Throw that stuff in your fantasy cruncher from our information. That's awesome. The majority of people, though, are more setting their own lineups, whether it be one, two, three, or five type of lineups. And they're 
you know, from the feedback I'm getting, a lot of them will play some GPPs. Everybody likes to jump in there and go for the big win. Uh, but as I recommend, a lot of those folks also are doing some single entry, which gives you an even shot against anybody one to one. Or, you know, you really got to try to build that bankroll with 50-50s, heads up, multipliers, those kinds of things. So, you know, even if your team has a guy or two that doesn't have a tremendous game, then you still can make some good money because, you know, let's face it, you know, you got to be realistic here. You can't take down a GPP and have one or two guys just have average games. You know, if you're on DraftKings, for example, if you're going to take a, a tournament down, you got to have all the red flames down the right side. You can't have one snowflake on there uh, or that's going to sink you at really in a GPP. So, you know, I, I strongly recommend play those heads up, play those 50-50s. The bigger 50-50, the better, the more entries, because you're going to have a better edge than them. So anyway, follow that, enter in those. And then the other biggest part is just following us on Twitter and at HoopBallFantasy uh, and on at Hoop-Ball.com. When you go there, click on Forums, then click on DFS Thread, and that will be where everybody is posting, Miles and Andy specifically, and then the rest of the team, Andrew uh, um, and uh, Mike Apatria and myself, and uh, even a little bit of Andy, those guys will all be posting some things on there as well. So follow that information, follow us on Twitter, and then you get, make sure you got the right lineup in there when uh, lock comes around. So lock tonight is 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Uh, I guess that's 5 Mountain and 4 on the West Coast. So we got all, we've had tweets come in from all, I even had one come in from Mountain Time that said, hey, you forgot about us. So there we go. We got all four times. Uh, if you're in Hawaii or somewhere else, I have gotten also some tweets from some people that play some contests, uh, DFS contests from Australia. Uh, we had one from Hong Kong, Philippines. So I'm sorry I don't know the times in those all of those places, but if you're tuning in, make sure you know that 7 p.m. Eastern uh, is the benchmark for lock. And we have so just to give you a quick view of what the what it looks like, you've got four games, I'm sorry, five games at the 7 p.m. Eastern. One seven thirty, three at eight o'clock, one at eight thirty, one at nine, one at nine thirty, and uh, ten o'clock, and then ten thirty is the late game. Bulls and Warriors is the I guess considered the late night sweat hammer game. So that's it. Let's just uh, tackle these games. I'm going to give uh, all the information I can. Throw out some some quick recommendations here, but. Really, with this big of a slate, my main goal is going to be to just give you the most information. I've been compiling this last night through the, uh, the morning. I'm going to give you pace, uh, defensive efficiency per team, you know, what all of the player news is up till just a few minutes ago. So you'll have it through, um, you know, morning, uh, day of. It's, it is Wednesday. So, uh, you know, and then you'll have the Vegas lines. So we can try to sniff out any blowouts. You want to you know, be careful on those. And the over-unders, which are extremely important. We have a couple of real high ones and a couple of super low ones. So those definitely have an effect and need to be always taken into consideration. All right. I want to thank our presenting sponsor uh, here at hoop-ball.com for all of our DFS seven-day uh, free content. And that is Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company actually drinking some Hawaiian Isles uh, Kona coffee right now, the French roast. Fantastic. You can jump on uh, their website, order there, or uh, I think what's easiest, I get on there on Amazon and it's at my doorstep the next day. So uh, definitely get on there, enjoy some Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee in your cup. It is some good stuff. Okay, um, we are going to dive into this sucker right now. Game one. Brooklyn Nets, eight, uh, nine and eight at the Boston Celtics, 12 and four. Uh, the big news in this game is Kemba Walker re returns for Boston. That certainly shuffles the deck on some usage and some, some movement here in this game. 
Uh, Daniel Tice is out. He's already been ruled out. Um, so let's look at both sides here. We've got Brooklyn, who's uh, seventh in pace in the league. Boston is 21st. So it's a pace-up game for Boston. Um, and then defensive efficiency, Brooklyn is, is right in the middle, 16th, uh, just slightly below middle. Uh, better defense than they've played in the last couple of years. And as we know, Boston and Brad Stevens plays a heck of a defense. Uh, they are fifth. So that's going to be a little bit of a clamps on Brooklyn. Uh, and Brooklyn still has no Kyrie. And uh, DeAndre Jordan is listed as questionable in this game on the Brooklyn side. Um, Boston is favored by seven and a half. And the over-under in this game is 215 and a half. So uh, not super high over-under. I think a couple of things you have to consider here. You know, uh, we've all been playing quite a bit of uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, when Kemba was out. Certainly their usage will drop uh, some in this game um, with the return of Kemba. Um, you know, it makes it a little difficult to determine, you know, who you want to uh, lean towards in that group. Uh, one guy that's in play for sure with Daniel Tice out uh, is Ennis Canner. Uh, they brought him along very slow. Uh, last game, he actually logged 25 minutes, which, you know, you give me 25 plus minutes of Ennis Canner against Brooklyn. You know, you're talking centers against Brooklyn, which is always a target. Jordan is questionable, so maybe a lot of uh, Allen, Jared Allen, and he did. Jared Allen put up a 2020 game last time, by the way. So you know he certainly stays in play, and Cantor is in play. So really, the the two guys, it doesn't make sense. But the two guys I'm looking at in this game are the two centers, and for the simple reason that um, Cantor is consistently one of the worst center defenders in the league. And also Boston, when, when they take Canner out or Tice when he plays, but Tice is out, they do have a tendency to go small and play, uh, you know, Tatum at the center, believe it or not, or that smaller Grant Williams, the rookie from Tennessee. Uh, they play some very small lineups for chunks of the game. And, you know, I with Jared Allen's in there against those small lineups, he, you know, he should be on uh, on pace for another uh, big game. Uh, now, you know, Boston does play so much better defense than than uh, most, and their defensive scheme is good. But Allen has to stay in play, especially if Jordan is ruled out, because you know uh, he's going to get the big minutes. I think if Jordan is ruled in, then Allen gets scratched off. You just got to be concerned minutes-wise. But Ennis Canner at 25-plus minutes uh, is definitely in play. Uh, and I think he'll he'll definitely make some of my lineups tonight. All right, game two. We've got the Detroit Pistons at the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Detroit is minus four, so they're a road favorite. And the over-under is 216.5. It's another mid-level uh, over-under. Um, here we've got the problem is we have two teams that, that the pace is poor. You've got Detroit at 23rd. Charlotte at 22nd, so there's not going to be a whole lot of possessions uh, in this game. Definitely something to be concerned about. But on the other side, the flip side is neither team plays that great a defense. Uh, Detroit's coming in at 19th team defici uh, defensive efficiency in Charlotte, all the way down to 25th. So, you know, that that opens things up slightly. Um, again, you know, it should be a competitive game with Detroit being the road, small road favorite. Uh, two sixteen and a half is not that palatable. Uh, you know, Detroit has become a lot less playable for me with Griffin and Drummond playing. When they both play, they, they seem to have a tendency to pull uh, some stats from each other. However, Drummond is very uh, in play today just because Charlotte's interior defense is absolutely pathetic. Uh, it's, it's bad, and that's the reason why they're all the way down to 25th as a team defense. I read uh, an article this morning where Coach Borrego there is looking at possibly making some defensive changes, one or two guys that start inside. So it sounds like either P.J. Washington and or Cody Zeller may get – 
replaced by the likes of Marvin Williams or Bismack Yambo. So they're making a bunch of changes inside, trying to plug up the, the defense uh, there that's been just a sieve lately in the paint. So, you know, that does put Drummond in play for me since they really don't know what they're doing and haven't announced uh, even who's going to be starting in those positions. Uh, he is, uh, on some sites, uh, Drummond is very reasonable. On others, he's a little bit more expensive. So you want to keep an eye on that and uh, keep that into consideration. You know, it's not a, a plug-and-play by any stretch. Certainly will make uh, at least one of my GPP lineups because, uh, you know, always has the potential of smashing, especially if they limit Griffin or Griffin's in foul trouble. Because, you know, when Griffin's off the floor, uh, Drummond just goes nuts. So um, on the Charlotte side, you know, they've been so hard to roster because they've been so inconsistent. You know, Miles Bridges is a bizarre guy. You know, he'll throw up 40 fantasy points and then follow it up with 10 fantasy points. So he seems to be playing better, uh, but I just I don't trust Miles Bridges. When you have 28 teams to choose from, you know, a 14-game slate allows you to be a little bit more picky uh, with who you're plugging in there. So I'm, I'm not going to go there. Devontae Graham, he has had a really good season. And Rozier seems to be tuning it up a little bit, you know, but uh, Bruce Brown Jr. plays some good D. I think they'll probably put him on one of those guys initially. He'll probably have a rotation on both of them throughout the game. And he is a, a strong defender. Um, you know, I just I, I really have a hard time recommending much in this game whatsoever, uh, except for Drummond in, in some GPPs. All right. Game three. We have the Orlando Magic at the Cleveland Cavaliers. And with saying that, I should probably just go directly on to the next game, but I won't. I'll say a few things here just to be fair in case we have any Magic or uh, uh, Cavaliers fans out there. But uh, this game is about as bad as it gets. We've got the 30th, which is last in the league, pace team in Orlando, and 26th in Cleveland. Now, that's, that's rough. And then you've got uh, defensive efficiency. Orlando's been pretty good. They're 11th. Cleveland's just stinks. They're 23rd. So they they play slow. They don't play good D. They're not good offensively. But other than that, the Cavs are all right. <laughs> then we've got all the, the tremendous amount of uh, injury news. So I'll tell you, this is a game where I bet you a lot of the industry is going to grab some ownership out of this game because they're going to think they're getting a big steal in value because all these guys are out. But big giant beware here. You know, you first of all, Orlando's a two-point favorite. Okay, so the game may stay close. But that really doesn't matter with each of these teams at this point with the rotations that they're using. The over-under is a pathetic 206. Yeah, 206. And that's the lowest by far on the slate by almost five points. So, you know, that's not a good thing. Uh, we know that Gordon and Vukovic and Carter Williams are all out for Orlando. So yes, that brings guys like Kem Birch into play, Mo Bamba, but they're splitting minutes. Beware there. And it also in greatly increases usage, uh, especially by uh, Jonathan Isaac and uh, Evan Fournier. But I can tell you those guys are hit and miss as well. Um, Isaac looked like a, a lock and load the last game when all those guys were out. And he had just a horrific game. I mean, like 14 fantasy points. It was hard to believe. Um, so I don't know. I don't trust either one of those guys. I would say if there was one guy from this game that I would play, it would be Fournier. Just because his usage has been over 30% with Gordon and Vuk off the floor. And that gets my attention. Anytime I see that, uh, you know, I've got to put him somewhere in my GPP. So I'll probably put Fournier in a GPP, uh, not playing any of these guys in cash. Uh, Kevin Love is questionable. You know, he was questionable the last game and did not play. Who knows? You know, he did go out in warm-ups. He was a, an actual true game-time decision last time around. But, uh, like I say, did not play. So, he is definitely in the category of Kawhi and AD, believe me. With those three guys, uh, just you don't know for sure if they're ever going to suit up. 
So, you know, that with him, if he does suit up, to me, he takes Nance and Thompson out of play. You know, if he doesn't play, I, you know, I get it. Nance is cheap. And two of the last three games, you know, he was like six, seven X. So, you know, I don't blame you there. I'm just not going to go there. So, you know, that's it. Let's not spend any more time on the worst game uh, of the night on the slate. Okay, game four, chopping away here. We've got the Utah Jazz at the Indiana Pacers. And uh, as far as the game stats go, it's Indiana minus two. So should be a competitive ball game. And the over-under is 210 and a half. So, you know, tied... There's a three-way tie for second lowest, and this this is one of them. There are actually three in a row that are 210 and a half, which is weird. But the big news here is um, Rudy Gobert is questionable. So that's news we have to watch, you know, because that changes everything. Um, in this game, for sure, I mean, both sides, it opens up some usage and some value on the Utah side with, you know, it, it bumps up. Uh, Conley, it bumps up Mitchell, and it also brings Tony Bradley into play. Uh, you know, he's gonna he would log like last game. He logs in the mid twenties when Gobert sits and makes value generally because of rebounds and blocks. Um, and on the Indiana side, it also changes everything because Gobert is the best defender in the league, rim protector, and it affects uh, the guys big time like Sabonis and Turner specifically in, in the slasher, uh, the slashers in that game as well. So uh, the only injury listed on the, the Indiana side is Jakar Sampson is doubtful, which now with all of the bigs back really doesn't come into play here. Um, you know, Utah's pretty lockdown team. They are a slow, slower team that likes to bang and, and foul and, and uh, you know, that, that's a concern for me, you know, in this game. Also, with Indiana having everybody back, you know, with that lineup with Brogdon back in there and the both bigs are back, you know, Warren gets his shots up, TJ, and, you know, their, their bench has been playing much better now that they're bringing Holiday and McConnell and Likes off the bench. So they're really spreading it around. You know, I, I do like Brogdon, but he's going to be guarded by Conley and vice versa. Those guys are both really solid defenders. So, I, you know, I, I'm a full fade on this game. I, I think it'll get some action, but I need to know the Gobert news before I reevaluate this game. But, you know, with the situation being as it is right now, I'm, I'm going to go full pass here. All right. Uh, sip of Kona coffee for a second as I change pages here. And we go to the next game. Uh, Sacramento at Philadelphia. Um, this should be a potential blowout game, although Sacramento has strung a few wins in there. Philadelphia is nine and a half point favored. The over-under, as I said, is 210.5. We only have Two guys out in this game for Sacramento. Ariza is um, out, and O'Quinn is out. Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to that last game because I don't believe I mentioned pace and defensive efficiency, and I want to double-check that to give everybody that's that's making notes here and looking at their lineup. So real quickly, Utah is 17th paced, Indiana 25th. So that's not great news for playing guys in this game either. And then the other news that makes it not great to play guys in that game, Utah's a fourth best top four. They've been in the top four or five all, all year. Indiana's all the way up to 10th. So they defend, especially with their bigs back. So that's, again, part of the reason to fade that game. Okay, back to Sacramento and Philly. We've got um, Sacramento is the 29th pace team in the league. Who'd believe that? Luke Walton comes there. Sacramento was top three in pace all of last year. Now they're second to last in pace. Bizarre. They have won a few games, though, so that counts for something. Philly's 20th in pace. Um, and then in defensive efficiency, Sacramento's only 22nd, which is not good. Uh, Philadelphia, ninth. So they're they're playing some D. They're, they're getting it done. Um, so again, Philly's nine and a half point favorite, 210 and a half. So you got pretty low over under. 
possibility of uh, a blowout. Sacramento's on a road trip. Plus the insanity of the fact that the night before last, Joel Embiid, with the stat of the year, somehow played 31 minutes and had zero points. Did not score a basket, a three, a foul shot, nothing. So I've got to think he's going to come out uh, like a lunatic here. Am I going to roster him at his price in this type of game with blowout potential and, and low total? I, I'm not going to have the courage to do it. I'm not going to tell you to completely fade him. I mean, he's certainly going to have some kind of bounce back game. But, I mean, he's got to be numb. His brain's got to be just stunned. I mean, I, I had read an article. He said he just never played a game in grade school, middle school, high school, or college, or pros where he hasn't scored a point. This was the first time. So it's definitely a little bit in his head. So who knows what's going to happen in this game. Um, you know, Sacramento, I, I can't you know really go for Buddy Heald. He had a monster game the last time out. But it's a totally different ball game here with Heald and Bogdanovich both playing decently and both getting up a decent amount of shots. I like to play those guys, but not in a game with a big spread like this with Philly's defense. Josh Richardson is back uh, on full defensive uh, mode here. And that and Sacramento being on a road trip, I just it's way too scary of a play for me with really bad pace in this game. You know, on the Philly side, with all of their guys back and they're all in there as far as uh, we have news now, again, you know, follow the news all day. But, you know, when, when you're talking about having everybody out there with Embiid and Harris, you know, and Horford, Richardson, Simmons, the whole group, there's a lot of uh, splitting of DFS points there. And especially in a game that has the potential to blow out, uh, you know, I would tread lightly here. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a dangerous game. Um, and I know we're, you know, and, and again, I mentioned this pretty much on every show. It seems like the East Coast games that start earlier have the better defensive and lesser pace teams. And I, f- I find myself, you know, giving out very few recommendations on the early games. And it starts being like, well, we're going to have to play somebody here. And, you know, we're only recommending two, three guys in the first five, six games. It's like, what the heck's going on? But you'll see as things go here, we start getting Midwest and then out West, and you start getting higher pace, lesser D, and a lot more recommendations. So just thought I'd mention that because it's been a really consistent trend uh, throughout the season. And now that we're getting enough sample size of 13, 15 games, uh, it's starting to be a, a real fact. So something to keep in mind as you're building lineups as well. Um, you know, don't, you know, the guys that, that try to spread it out and put a few guys in early, a few guys in late. So they have late night sweat. Don't even look at the times of the games when you're making your lineup. I'm telling you, that's a mistake. Don't let anything like that, you know, look at the slate, look at the particular game, the particular matchup and all of those things. When you're uh, putting your roster together, do not let favoritism or times of game or national TV games have any effect. And I know I've said that like three of the last five shows, but I get tweets and it just it drives me crazy. You know, somebody will say, you know, hey, coach, I want to play this guy in the late night sweat game, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, I know. I also like that guy, too, but he's in an earlier game. Well, then play him. If you like him better and he's an earlier game, it should make a difference. So do it. Okay. Um, in the Sacramento Philly game, uh, Ariza is out for Sacramento and O'Quinn is out for Philly. Um, again, we have the 29th and 20th pace, which does not excite me. And we have the 22nd and 9th, uh, defense. So, you know, Philly side, if you want to play him just because you think he's going to go berserk after the big goose egg, that's fine on a GPP maybe. Um, you know, I can also see a spot for Simmons uh, just because um, even though Sacramento's playing so much slower, I don't see anybody that's really going to be able to guard him defensively, I think, on the other side of the ball uh, effectively. I think he could have more towards one of his triple-double kind of nights if the game stays close. I mean, it's almost a double-digit spread, so you got to be a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit worried there. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We have the New York Knicks 
and the Toronto Raptors. Um, line here is Toronto minus 10 and a half. So a very good possibility of a blowout in this one. Um, that's a concern. And it's the third in a row, two ten and a half over under. Uh, we have the Knicks paint playing very slow at a 28 uh, in the lead pace. Toronto 14th, so middle of the pack. Knicks are the 20th defensive efficiency team, and Toronto is 6th. So they're still in the top 10, and uh, I expect that they will stay there. Um, injuries are going to play a big part of this game for the Knicks, and we don't have the news. So this is one of those you really want to stay close to. Uh, Kevin Knox is doubtful. Franklin Lakina questionable and R.J. Barrett questionable. So that's going to shuffle the entire deck for the Knicks. Um, you know, guys like Dennis Smith would come into play if Nilekina sits. Um, if Barrett sits, you have to maybe look at a, a Morris or one of those guys just from a pickup of usage. So, you know, stay in tune with uh, the news here. Uh, on the Toronto side, um, it's only Ibaka is at least listed now. He's doubtful, but at least he made the list. So I guess he's on the, the way back soon. You know, Fred Van Vliet deserves to get rostered. There's no doubt. I, he's one of my plays today at, you know, going against the 28th pace team. Now, my only fear is blowout here, um, especially if the Knicks are shorthanded. And, you know, that could sting a little bit. So, you know, I would keep a close eye on that. But, you know, if somehow the Knicks keep it close, uh, you definitely have to consider both Van Vliet and Siakam. Siakam's expensive, but he just continues just to pound uh, his values, 5, 6, 7, 8x. Uh, just, you know, it's a little bit tougher now that his prices continue to rise. But uh, you want to keep an eye on those two guys. And then, yes, you may get a, a value guy or two on the Knicks side, uh, depending on the final news of those players. So that is a, definitely a spot you want to look at um, and a game that you may want to target uh, when we hear the final news there. Okay, a really interesting game uh, on this next one. I'm going to be watching a lot of this one, I think. Um, you've got the Miami Heat at the Houston Rockets. Uh, he, the Rockets are favored by five and a half at home. Uh, the over-under is 225 and a half. So that's a really decent over-under. Um, Winslow returns for Miami. So that shuffles the deck a little bit there as far as usage for Nunn and Dragic. Uh, that reduces depending on how much of a role Winslow is going to have. I think he'll He'll get right back into normal minutes because it's not a knee or ankle. It was a concussion. And once you're cleared to totally through concussion protocol, there's no ramifications generally. So I think he'll get a normal run, which will definitely cut into some of those other guards. Um, I'll tell you, though, Butler, when Winslow is on the floor, Butler doesn't sink down as bad as you'd think. He's, he actually maintains his usage uh, fairly well, and uh, and Bam's usage actually goes up. So that's a really good point, you know, in this game because of the news on the other side, which is Capella is questionable. Uh, there's a, a good chance he may not play because uh, he took a blow to the head. He's uh, They're trying to see if he has to maintain any type of uh, concussion protocol. So if Capella sits out, and, you know, uh, I think it brings Bam directly into play right away. And I love the fact that he'll be rim running uh, in this game. You know, pace-wise, Miami plays at the 15th pace, so pretty solid. Houston is second fastest in the league, so it's a big pace-up game for Miami. Defensively, Miami is third in the league defensively. And they'll have, you know, all their guys back for this one. And Houston is 17th defensively, so just slightly below average. Um, you know, that being said, I think there are definitely guys in play here. I think you can, uh, if you want to be sneaky and try to put Winslow in there, I think he's, he's worth a look. I think uh, Butler's in play, certainly. Um, I, I love the fact that, that uh, if Capella sits, I think you've got to go to Bam. 
And then on Houston's side, um, you know, what will they do if Capella sits? You know, you can't uh, dial up Tyson Chandler. I just don't see it happening. I know a lot of people will try to, and I get it, but I think that he don't he won't quite play enough minutes because Houston plays small a lot anyway. You know, where they'll play PJ at the big or whatever they you know they that rotation is. Uh, you know, where they'll go small. So I'm I wouldn't recommend on a slate like this. Uh, putting somebody like him in there. Tyson's just too old and I don't think effective enough, especially against a good Miami defense. You know, is Harden and Westbrook in play? When the hell aren't they in play? I mean, really, but it is Miami. You know, it is the third best defense. Uh, Butler's going to get up, you know, on somebody and and defend him. You know, is that going to be Harden? Very likely. Or, you know, maybe Westbrook. They'll switch off, I would think. Um you know, so those guys are both playable. Uh, I, I have not been on Westbrook for quite a while. I just don't think he's playing well enough to, to justify his salary, even though it's gone down. You know, if this does get into a shootout, um, you know, how can you deny Harden not being a, a decent play? It is a 225 over under, you know, five and a half points spread should stay close. So you'll get his monster minutes. D'Antoni is in sort of an idiot as a coach and plays his guys 38, 40 minutes, even when he doesn't have to. So that's always a plus for us DFS wise. So, you know, to me, Harden is in play. I think, uh, you know, where do some of those rebounds go to? That Capella has been like on a, a tear that we haven't seen in years. He's had 19 or more rebounds in six or seven games, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe uh, seven in a row because he had six, six out of six, 20 over, which is incredible. So all of those rebounds have to go somewhere. I mean, some may go into Miami's hands uh, on offensive rebounds. Another reason, you know, like uh, Bam and Butler, but uh, you know, I think some of those rebounds are going to go to a few of the ancillary guys that you may want to look at. And that's PJ Tucker, and Daniel House, I think both of those guys uh, could be a cheap play to round out your roster that, uh, you know, could get some decent action and a little bit more uh, in the paint with, with Capella out for sure. So an interesting game. I think there are some pieces there that you want to utilize for sure. Okay, next game. Uh very interesting as well because we don't know what the Clippers needs is going to be, but it's Clippers at the Grizzlies. And this, this game is like question mark, question mark, question mark. So really this recommendation right now on this game is sort of useless, except that it's a good reminder to tell you to watch the news the rest of the day. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain why. First of all, it's Clippers at Memphis. Clippers are seven and a half point favorite on the road. But they are on a back-to-back. They played at Dallas last night. Uh, Landry Shamit is still out. We do not know or have any news whatsoever on Kawhi or Paul George on whether they'll play or not. So, you know, 50-50. I would say on both guys, you got to keep uh, the, listening to the news there. And on the Grizzly side, uh, you've got one big one, and that's Ja Morant, questionable. So, you know, he's undecided whether he's going to play which changes everything with Memphis. Um, also, slow-mo Anderson is as questionable as well, uh, which changes their bench rotation. He's been getting a decent run off the bench. Um, like I said, you know, Clippers, seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I guess, potential for blowout, but it is on the road on a back-to-back. The uh, It's a pretty juicy over-under, 226-and-a-half. Uh, not bad whatsoever. And then here's the other good news. Clippers are 12th fastest pace. Memphis is 6th. So you've got two top 12 in the league pace teams in this game, which puts them in play. Defensively, Clippers are 7th. They'll stay in the top 10, I'm sure, or or go up all year. Uh, Grizzlies are all the way down to 24th, which some of that has to do with just the increased uh, pace of play that they're uh, playing at. And some of it's just the youth. I mean, they're using a lot of... Morant and Clark and Triple J and all these guys are, you know, 20 years old and 19 years old. So, you know, you're going to have some rough patches defensively there. 
Um, so all that being said, I can't fade or recommend anybody in this game until we have the news. So, you know, keep a big red circle on this game and uh, go back to it and double check and make sure that uh, uh, you know that before you determine which way you want to go here. Okay, we're getting there. We are getting there. Uh, next game is Atlanta at Milwaukee. Um, this game is definitely going to get a lot of action. There's going to be one of the more uh, owned games, even though you got a very serious blowout threat. This is by far the biggest by four points uh, spread in the on the, the chart. In fact, one of the bigger, you know, top 10 biggest of the year, 14 and a half for Milwaukee at home. And uh, it's a 239 over under. So second highest on the slate. Hence the reason why I think there'll be a lot of ownership here. I don't think people are going to fear the blowout as much uh, and look more at the potential plays here because you got some monster DFS guys. Plus, you've got this factor. Atlanta's ninth in the league in pace, Milwaukee number one. So you got two of the top nine pace teams in the league. That's exciting. Uh, defensively, Atlanta's all the way down to 26. So they are not a good defensive team. Uh, definitely Trey's not solid. And then they, you know, with Collins out, they've been hurting in inside in the paint as well. So, you know, that opens it up for Milwaukee. Milwaukee is eighth in the league defensively, and we know their defensive scheme is pretty darn good. In fact, it's it's really even better than eighth because they blow out so many teams. They give a lot of junk buckets up in the fourth quarter that hurts that rating. <clears throat> but if you pulled the stats and looked at when their main guys were on the floor, uh, they'd be a top three defensive team in the league. So something, uh, just a little aspect there to put next to it that's a little uh, bonus nugget. Uh, the big thing with Milwaukee tonight, uh, too, is Middleton returns. So that's a big plus. Um, sort of the end of the value DiVincenzo play, uh, sort of out the window now. But Middleton's back, I would assume, in a limited role. I wouldn't dial him up. I haven't seen that uh, yet in the report, any minutes restriction, but I, I'm sure they're not going to roll him out there a ton uh, right off the bat. So, you know, does Trey Young get a look here? Possibly, and I'll tell you why. Because George Hill is doubtful. He's the backup for point guard from Milwaukee, but he's a defensive stopper that gets 25-plus minutes off the bench, and they are going to really, really miss that because – He'll spend almost that entire 25 minutes uh, guarding Trey Young. So that puts Trey Young in play with me. Milwaukee's the fastest pace, so you got a pace-up game for Trey. And I just think he, I think this is a perfect spot for him to do well, especially uh, with Hill. It's just that perfect storm kind of thing. Now, does Milwaukee go up by 25 and that crushes his minutes down the stretch? It's possible. Um, I can say that I've noticed, you know, the coach there does stick with their, their guys a little longer in blowouts, their key guys. So I'm not as afraid uh, to, to dial him up. So Trey is in play for me. I think that the way Jabari Parker's been playing, again, because this is a pace-up game, a big 239 number, and, you know, he's, he's in play as, uh, as well. And then on the other side of the ball – you know, if the game stays within 10, 12, 14 points and they play normal minutes, you know, Giannis has to be in play. I mean, I know he's the most expensive on the slate. I get it. And I know that if you if you dial up uh, both Giannis and Trey Young in this game, there goes a bunch of your salary. But just think if this game is, you know, 238, 230. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden the game just is blown up and breaks the slate. What a nice thing to have, maybe a, a Giannis and even a Bledsoe possibly on one side and a Trey Young and uh, Jabari Parker on the other. I mean, that, that could win a slate for you. Or, you know, the, the risk is Milwaukee goes up by 20 at half and everybody sees limited minutes. So it's a boomer bust opportunity here. Um, I would say you can go one extreme, load up the game, stack it, 
or go the other extreme and hope that it blows out and fade it. Or the safe play is probably, you know, choose one guy from each side for the correlation, maybe dial those two guys up and be within reason, maybe a Trey Young and Bledsoe, whatever, and and go with that. So you've got options here. Certainly a game you got to keep, you know, your eyes on to play because it just it sets up for a, a high scoring, strong DFS play. So probably my favorite game on the slate. Okay, we believe it or not have five games left. We feel like we've been going for a long time here, and sometimes there's less than five game slates, and here we still have five games left. Okay, next game, uh, close spread teams playing really uh, San Antonio playing really really bad ball, but somehow some way San Antonio's favored here. I believe they've lost nine in a row, uh, but Vegas has made them a two and a half point favorite over the visiting Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, so figure that one. It's a 229 over under, so not too bad, sort of middle of the pack. But uh, Minnesota's playing at the fourth fastest pace, San Antonio 16th. Uh, defensive efficiency, Minnesota 14th. And somehow, some way, Pop's team is playing third worst defense in the league at 28. So what does that do to this game? You know, and how do you figure this game? If it is going to stay close and you may get a number above 229 on the over-under, you know, you got to consider some people. Cats certainly in play. Wiggins has been fantastic this year. Um, we'll see if they continue to bring Teague off the bench like they did the last game, which was really, really weird. But they started Jared Culver and brought Teague off the bench. He did play 30 minutes, but it was off the bench. So, that may shift some rotations and some things there. Um, you know, I would think you got to keep an eye on possibly playing Wiggins and Cat here or one or the other just because of the poor defense, high pace, and uh, high over under in this game. So I'm not afraid to dial up some T-Wolves here. Um, on the Spurs side, you know, it's a battle, man. I, I just I say this every time, but how, how do you trust the rotation of their guards when they're playing – five guards somewhat equal minutes it's just like elimination for me I, I don't trust any of them murray white mills you know forbes even even DeRozan. he's been hot lately and you know you certainly can possibly put him in there he'd be the number one guy of anybody there but not trusting him whatsoever um marcus aldridge has been okay you know, he's he's thrown some some games in there. Again, you know, I mentioned this the last game. When teams are desperate and playing horrible, they have a tendency to lean on their veteran players. And, you know, DeRozan and Aldridge are their are their veteran players. So if if you want to dial up one of those guys, I understand it. You know, if this game stays close and they're really trying to get a win badly here to break the streak, I think that you have to uh to, to look at those two guys a little bit. And I think it's nine in a row they've lost. If not, they've lost eight out of nine. I know it's been a pretty bad swing. Um, so something to keep in mind there. I mean, these guys are, you know, definitely in play on both sides. Um, again, salary-wise, it becomes a little bit difficult, especially if you're going to, uh, you know, move the ownership somewhere else. But, you know, if you, if you pivot from a Giannis to a Cat, I think that's sensible. Um, if you think that game's going to blow up, maybe you pivot from a Trey Young to a Wiggins and save some money. And if, if again, if you think that game's going to blow out, so there's some there's some plays here and some consideration. Uh, we, the only injury is Layman is out for Minnesota, and Napier is doubtful for like the ninth game in a row as as the, the backup point guard. So that's it. Four games remaining. Uh, we go to Washington and Phoenix, which uh, should be interesting. We've got Phoenix favored by seven and a half. Um, big over-under. Number one over-under on the entire slate. Even bigger than the Atlanta-Milwaukee game. It's 241. So that has to make you, you know, look at this game and think, okay, uh, you know, who am I going to dial up here? Well, let me give you the stats, and let's try to decide it. We've got two fast-paced teams, Washington 5th, Phoenix 11th. 
And we have defensively Washington dead stinking last, 30th. Washington's on a back-to-back, including being on the road and being an underdog. Phoenix did have last night off. So definitely a very scary game. I mean, one you may want to cross off because of blowout potential. But again, 241 highest over-under on the slate. So you got to consider some guys. Beal's always in play. You know, he had a horrible game. Uh, last night, um, but Denver is known to slow it down. They're known to have some really good defensive wing guys and guys like Harris and, and Barton. Uh, Phoenix uh, doesn't really have that. So, you know, you've got to you got to consider Beal a little bit. Um, you know, I guess um, Brian is slightly in play with Baines being out because Phoenix has been dialing up like Kaminsky at center. And he is not a good defender. So a possible, uh, you know, uh, somewhat value play because uh, he is, Brian is very cheap. Um, other than that, on the Washington side, I, I really wouldn't go down to the risk of a Troy Brown or Isaiah uh, in this situation. On Phoenix side, Rubio returns. So it cuts into some guys. I don't think Rubio will play max minutes here. Um, it's, you know, I wish he was, or I knew he was. I haven't seen a limits restriction, but just knowing that he's coming back from multiple games out with an injury, and he gets to go against Isaiah Thomas defense, though, and some of the point guards there. You know, I'm not going to dial him up because of the concern of minutes. Um, you know, Booker's certainly in play. Again, Washington worst defensive team in the league. Uh, you know, he's going to get some rotation on some guys that are not good defenders. So Booker, if he gets hot, is a break-the-slate kind of guy, but he's not cheap, and, you know, there is some risk there. Um, you know, can you go inside with some of the cheaper plays there, Frank the Tank, uh, somebody of that nature? Possibly. A lot of risk, though. But if you're going to dial up uh, a mid-to-lower-priced guy, uh, it's not a bad thing to do in a game where you're facing the worst defensive team in the league and you have the highest over-under. So, you know, that makes me want to play a Kelly Oubre or a Frank the Tank or one of the ancillary pieces, and I probably will. I think they'd be a, a sharp uh, edge for you uh, in cash games uh, in this game. So that's where we stand there. Um, I'm going to have a, a piece or two from this game and uh, hope it works out and it doesn't blow out. All right, we go uh, to the L.A. Lakers at the New Orleans Pelicans. Interesting game. Lakers have nobody uh, listed uh, as injured right now, so that means I did see A.D. was going to play. Um, I guess LeBron's made a statement that he wants to play all 82 games, so I guess he's going to play. I mean, I haven't seen anything to say that he's not, so I think they'll be at full, uh, you know, full talent level there, which is not great news for the Pelicans, but it is what it is. Um, they do have Ingram back. It's certainly a revenge game going against the Lakers. You know Ingram wants to just drill the Lakers, uh, which makes him somewhat in play, but on the other hand, you know, he's going to get some, some strong D. Uh, on the Lakers side, knowing that they, you know, he's sort of the by far the biggest weapon right now for the Pelicans. So, um, really intriguing game. I, I love Ingram, uh, and I'd love to dial him up here, uh, but I want to. I have to see if I can fit him because he is expensive. Um, Lakers are six and a half point favorite on the road, which is reasonable. Hopefully, this game stays close enough. It's got a, a real healthy two thirty and a half. Uh, over-under, so third highest over-under on the board. So there should be a lot of points here. Uh, the only guys listed on the injury report, and they're both questionable, and it's going to have an effect on the rotation for the Pelicans, and that's Josh Hart and Derek Favors, both listed as questionable. So we need to keep an uh, eye out for news there because that affects the big man rotation uh, hugely for New Orleans. If Favors is back, it bumps Okafor down and probably bumps Jackson Hayes out of the rotation. Uh, if if not, then those guys are in play. If Josh Hart sits, it just you know raises up a little bit the Frank Jackson play, the Lonzo Ball play, and those guys. So you know, uh, interesting game. Um, 
the fact that uh, Lakers are 19th paced, New Orleans is third in the league. So it's a big pace-up game for the Lakers, which you really have to like. If somehow this game stays close, it could be, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt this game. If it stayed close, could be the highest-scoring game on, on the slate, even though it's it's a full uh, 10.5 points lower than the last game. It, you know, I just It's one of those games where they could both be lighting it up. I could see it up and down. Um, here's the thing, though. Yes, the Pelicans are 27th in the league in defense, but here's the, the wild card. The Lakers are second. So the Lakers can D it up and shut down some guys without question. If they put the screws to Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram, this game is going to blow out. Uh, I just don't see those periphery pieces for the Pelicans keeping the game close. So this game scares me. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to go the LeBron or Anthony Davis route. I may go with one one each in one of the uh, GPP games just because of that potential of it being high scoring. Um, like I say, you know, revenge narrative for Ingram going against the Lakers makes me want to dial him up a little bit. Uh, but can the game blow out? Can the Lakers play good D? Yes. But maybe not. Maybe it's a, a break-the-slate game. So I think I'll probably play one GPP uh, lineup where this becomes my feature game and I go a correlation both sides. Uh, but I don't know if I'll have the courage to dial these guys up in my cash. I think I'd rather go more towards a, a Giannis or Trey or Cat or Wiggins or some of those guys. So interesting game, though, and a fun game. Uh, to try to game script and figure out. All right, two games left. Oklahoma City Thunder at the Portland Trailblazers. We've got Portland is only a three and a half point favorite. It's uh, mid level 220 and a half over under. Uh, Oklahoma City is only playing at the 24th pace in the league. Portland is in the top 10 at eighth. Um, as far as defense, Oklahoma City uh, pretty solid at 12th. Portland is down at 21st and have not been playing good ball. Um, small spread at three and a half should be a fairly competitive game. Uh, I, you know, I like my man Shea a little bit here. Uh, he's playing at Portland. Um, you know, he's going against, I believe that's his home area. If I'm, I'm going to check that narrative on Shea. Uh, I think that this uh, could be a good spot for him though. The backcourt for Portland has been terrible defensively, really bad. And uh, I just think this could be a nice uh, Shea game uh, to look at uh, possibility. Um, other than that, though, you know, the bigs are sort of splitting minutes, um, Adams and Noel, and they have not been super consistent there. Um, Chris Paul, you know, hasn't been great. He's had a few games at value, but I'm not dialing him up. Uh, he is facing, you know, Lillard, so he'll probably put a little bit of the clamps on Damian. And he just came back the last game from an injury. So this is his second game back. So I don't know if he's at 100% full strength. So a little too expensive for me. DJ McCollum's been terrific, man. He, you know, he's he's thrown up some unbelievable games. But then he's had some underwhelming games. But I like CJ here. I think he becomes a, a guy that I'll be using in some of my cash lineups just because it's a home game. I think you know, I love that rotation where Lillard sits and he just gets to run the show in their normal uh, rotation of guys in and out in that first into the sec beginning of the second quarter. So, you know, he's going to make some of my lineups. Uh, Whiteside should be back. I'm not going to mess with him, uh, you know, battling Adams and Noel. I think they'll somewhat cancel them out, each other out. And I just, you know, I'm not going with Carmelo. I know he took 20 shots the last game. And Lillard only took 10. I know he's trying to make a point. And, you know, he made a big Twitter post where he said, this isn't my farewell tour. I'm, this is the restart of my career. So he's getting all these, uh, you know, I call them delu uh, delusions of grandeur. I just, I think Carmelo's uh, uh, somewhat of a, a lollipop play, which is <laughs> my sucker play of the day. I think he's going to get a lot of, uh, people saying, look at his usage, look at what he's doing, look at the shots that are going up. 
I just, I don't trust them, man. I, I just don't think it's uh, realistic. Plus, you know, all the adrenaline those first couple of games back, is he's going to start feeling it. He's not a young dude. You know, he's going to have a few sore uh, sore spots and, and things. So I wouldn't, I'm not going that way at all. Um, you know, so really the, you know, correlation of Shea and, and CJ, I think personally is the best in this game. Uh, and cer- certainly a game you can look at, but I would not stack. All right, we're on game 14, 28 teams, 14 uh, games. It is the Chicago Bulls at the, at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Chicago is a three-point road favorite. Now, what does that say about the, the, the state of affairs of the Golden State Warriors? You have a terrible Chicago Bulls team a full three-point road favorite at Golden State. Unbelievable. Uh, Chicago plays 10th in pace in the league in Golden State 13th, so they're going to get up and down a bit. Uh, Chicago 15th, right dead middle defensively. Golden State is 29th. They actually moved up. Washington had slid below them, so Golden State is no longer the worst defensive team. They're second to worst. And but this over under, look at this. Explain this to me. It's 217. That's low. And I guess it's because Chicago's been playing some low scoring games. But when you look at the pace and you look at how terrible the, you know the defense is here, and the key guys are most of them are playing. Um, well, let me say this: D'Angelo Russell's still out, and Draymond Green is questionable. So let's let's get that off the table, right? So that doesn't mean that the best guys are playing. Green might play. We don't know. So you got to watch that news. That changes everything for Golden State side. For me, without Green in there, guys like Pascal come into play. Kai Bowman comes into play. Alec Burks comes into play. I think all three of those guys have to be considered, especially if, if Draymond sits. On the Chicago side, you know, you've got a guy that can fill it up in, in Levine. You know, he had that monster 40, 49 point game or whatever he had, and then a bad game. So, you know, he could blow up in this game for sure. And he's got to be somebody that you consider, you know, guys like Kobe white can have a good game against a really poor fast paced golden state game uh, team. Um, I don't really like the inside pieces here. Uh, if Draymond sits, you know, you can consider Wendell Carter Jr., but he always gets in foul trouble, but he can put up good fantasy points. But I just don't understand the over-under here. It scares me. Um, I wanted this being the, you know, it'd be nice in a late-night sweat, not because it's that, but, you know, I was considering a guy or two here from the Golden State guy side and maybe one from Chicago, but the 217 number scares me. So I may choose one certainly from Golden State, one or two if Green sits. And if I can find the salary uh, for Levine, I'll get him in there. If not, maybe a Kobe White. I still think this game has value uh, in it uh, to, to add into your lineup. So that is it. I think we did the majority of this in a little over an hour, which is pretty damn good considering we have 14 games. Uh, we went over a little bit of strategy. We talked about the injuries that are up to date as of right now. I will say that it is 11.07 a.m. on Wednesday in Dallas where I'm recording this. So, you know, you, you know to watch all the news once this posts here shortly after. And, uh, you know, we talked about the pace, the, the defensive prowess, and the, and the numbers in Vegas, which are important. So hopefully this gives you a good sense of starting your build. So again, recommendation, get the dummy lineups in there, get in the contest you want to get in, you know, watch all of the news with us as the day goes on and then finalize those uh, lineups uh, before lock. So remember you can listen to us wherever podcasts are found. We're on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. Please take a, a you know 30 seconds is basically all it takes to actually rate, review, subscribe, put five stars, a like, a thumbs up, a quick three, four words, love the podcast, or you know any type of information that you want to recommend or something you want to see 
or or uh, whatever. We just really appreciate that. It helps us start building sponsors and growing this thing. Uh, we're the best seven day a week free content in the industry. I'll I'll uh, really go toe to toe with anybody on that one. So you know, please take the time to do that. We'd appreciate it. We we uh, appreciate our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I have finished uh, a cup of, a full cup while we're doing this show, and I'm going to go grab a second one right now. Um, listen to us on Twitter at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A, uh, at Language Olympic, and at Miles six five six five that's m-y-l-e-s uh click on hoop-ball.com forums hit uh the forums button the dfs threads miles and andy updating constantly throughout the day uh you want to stay on that stuff with us too so thank you thank you for all the positive feedback got the nicest tweet uh yesterday i i blasted it out there again just you know it's, it's wonderful when you're doing this sometimes and grinding it out you know when somebody has a good win and they shoot you some info, you know, and appreciate it. it. It makes you feel good. It gives you the motivation uh, to keep getting out here. So thank you to the listeners. Um, we do uh, we do not have a show uh, tonight or tomorrow morning for the Thursday slate because there is no Thursday slate. So on behalf of everybody at hoop-ball.com and for Mike and Miles and Andrew and Andy, uh, we want to wish all of our listeners uh, a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving uh, we love uh, being able to share with you every day and get this information and news out there. And again, we hope it helps you uh, really have some good DFS success. So enjoy your families. Enjoy the time. We'll be back Thursday night or Friday morning with that monster Friday night card of th- uh, 13 games. So uh, we'll plug back in. This is uh, Thursday will be one of our only dark days of the year because there's NBA every day. And we have thus far covered every NBA preseason and regular season game, which we will continue to do. And we will also cover every NBA playoff game. So we're going to really have a 2019-2020 to remember. So, again, we thank you all. Have a great Thanksgiving. And thank you for joining me on a full slate card here on uh, Hoopball NBA DFS today for Dan and Brew and Mike and Andrew and Andy and Miles and the whole team. I am Coach. We will catch up with you again as we look to crush it next time on NBA DFS. Thank you. Have a good one. Don't eat too much turkey. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.